and four, number seven, I think it is. Let's see if I can get better with the not giving a fuck about a camera being in front of me. See if I can be more of myself. So, top five exercises for lower body. We've already covered everything north of the border. Now let's cover everything south. Now, quick little list in no uh, apparent order. I put glute, bridge, or hip thrust for number one. Number two, barbell squat. Specifically, barbell squat. Number three, split squat. Whatever variation. Number four, the barbell deadlift. And then slash trap bar deadlift. And number five, Romanian deadlift. So we'll get into why I believe all those are the top five exercises for lower body. So for number one, glute bridge slash hip thrust. Now this is something that a lot of people should be doing a lot more of for a couple of reasons. It is the only glute isolation workout besides, you know, things like uh, abductions, stuff like that. But this is a big movement, big, a big movement in terms of you can move bigger numbers. Like I said, you can do stuff like band workouts for your for your glutes and you can isolate your glutes that way. But the, the adaptation you get from it isn't going to be nearly as big as something like a, a glute bridge or a hip thrust where you can load the bar up as much as you can take it. Now, that, that being said, for those of us who are quad dominant, which a lot of us are, that just means that your quads will do a lot more of the work than they're supposed to. And it's not our fault. We're just not aware of the fact that you need to do things like activate your glutes before you do things where your quads can take over. So even something like a glute bridge or a hip thrust, so I've heard people say, even yesterday, I'm feeling this in my quads. Well, you, your glutes are activating too, but your quads are just taking over the movement. So that's something to be conscious of. If your goal is to get a bigger butt, but you don't know how to activate that area, your quads will get the movement done for you. And then you'll think that you're doing stuff to grow your butt, but you're just not. So let's be mindful of that. And it's also a common solution to lower cross syndrome. And that just means that there's an imbalance on, on the front side and the backside when it comes to which muscles are doing what job and which muscles are doing more of their job to make up for the ones that aren't doing their job. So long story short, uh, a lot of us suffer from a form of lower cross syndrome. We sit a lot. We don't do a lot of core work, meaning your core isn't pulling on the front side of your pelvis and the backside is going to have to compensate for that. So if we do stuff like glute bridge, we can help balance that out. Now, it's not a, it's not the the one quick fix for it, but it is something that will help contribute to maybe like lower back or help lower back pain or uh, unstable hips, st stuff like that. And as far as uh, carryover for what you get out of it, it also helps a lot with the end range of motion. So coming up out of a squat and uh, as, as far as like locking out in a deadlift when you're standing straight up and you have to squeeze your glutes. If you have super strong quads and strong everything else, but you have underdeveloped glutes, that end range of motion for your squat and your deadlift is gonna look and feel a little bit different. So incorporating glute bridge or hip thrust can help with that. And for number two, I put the barbell squat. Now there's tons of variation of a squat. There's split squat, there's front squat, there's zercher squat, there's zombie squats. There's so many different things you can do with the squat. 
But as far as what I think is the most optimal, because I think you can load it the most, depending on who you are. Of course, we've seen some people front squat a lot of weight, you know, 700, 600 pounds, stuff like that. But I'm talking about the normal person. So that being said, the barbell squat is something that not only takes, you know, practice, but it takes a skill. And it's a skill that you have to tend to. And by tend to, I mean that you have to address more than just one thing. Now that's your upper back, your middle back, your lower back, your hips, your ankles, your knees, these are, and your feet, most importantly, because what are we standing on? These are all things that if one thing is off or bugging you or tight or inactive, something else is going to feel off and then something else and then something else. So that's why I say that it, it, it should be considered a skill to be able to squat well. Uh, being said, it yields the greatest results for glute development. Now, I can say that confidently because I just, uh, some, I saw someone else post about it, so I read it. I wish I can quote it. But there was a study that just came out as far as what uh, develops more strength and size and activation for your glutes. And it was the barbell hip thrust versus the barbell squat. And long story short, through whatever their uh, measures were for their study, they found out that barbell squat does actually get you greater results for your glutes. So if you're if you're overlooking squat or if you're looking too hard at the glute bridge, incorporate both. One will help the other. So that doesn't hurt. As far as well, uh, so what else it gives you, it creates full body tension. When you have a barbell on your back and you have to create tension to be able to support that weight, you're not just tense in your upper back. You're not just tense in your hips. You're not just tense in your legs. You're tense from head to toe. And that will create a certain resiliency that you can't get out of a split squat or a front squat. It's just not the same. And as far as what it requires, it requires the mobility and stability, like I said, of your thoracic, uh, your thoracic spine, sorry, your hips, your knees, and your ankles. So being able to tell, oh, uh, my left, the left side of my hips is a little, um, a little, little tight right now, so it's messing with my mobility, or there's something wrong with my chest, and that's messing with my thoracic spine uh, mobility, stuff like that, or. Um, even something as simple as like my calves are messing with my knee stability. Being able to be in the middle of your set or your, your workout and go, oh, something is off. Oh, this is what it is. I'm going to address it really quick, get back to the next set and see if it made a difference. So being able to assess and then reassess is something that not only trainers should know. Every normal person should know how to tell themselves this or this is off. Getting on to the next one's a little tricky because it seems like I was just talking shit on it, but I wasn't. So number three is split squat. And I put split squat for a few different reasons. It is, in my opinion, the best unilateral movement for your legs because it helps us easily tell which leg is stronger than the other. You'll soon find out, hey, I could get to 10 reps on my right leg, but my left leg, ooh, copped out or crapped out at eight reps or you know, vice versa for my right versus my left. So it helps me tell where our imbalance is. And then we can work on it from there. Because if we have an imbalance on our legs and we jump over to trying to get stronger with our squat, 
one leg is going to grow at a different pace or a different rate than the other because they're on different levels. So if you incorporate stuff like split squat or whatever variation of it, you can start individually building each leg and then at one point the the stronger leg is going to, you know, get to a point towards slowly leveling out and that allows time for that other leg to start catching up to it. So, that's one reason. Uh, like I said, it helps you find the weakness and it also helps it lead to a more uh, balanced squat and balanced uh, movements in general. If we have unstable hips and we never tend to it, we're going to start building on the habit of acting with the imbalance. And we want to do our best to try to work with our equilibrium or try to find that. And lastly for split squat, I like it because you can change the muscle that you're emphasizing by manipulating angles and your posture and your form and stuff like that. So something as simple as raising the front foot that you're pushing off of or just raising the back foot. So turning it into a Bulgarian split squat, which is different than a, uh, just a regular split squat. You can elevate both feet. You can have your front foot on a, on a, on a plate. You can have your, your back foot up on a, on a, like a little bench or even just putting it up on another plate things like that or even going from flat ground and just taking your torso and leaning it forward and worrying about your back knee going straight down that puts more emphasis on your glute so being able to understand how to change simple things like that with your workout will really help out and for number four i put barbell deadlift mostly because it's one of the most functional movements we'll come across in life having to pick something up from the floor with no momentum, no movement in that object. And it's something we probably do every day, whether it's picking up your kids, picking up your dog, picking something up heavy at work. Uh, those are all things that require um, core strength. They require uh, you to understand how to use your legs for leg drive as opposed to just rounding of the spine and kind of fishing pole, whatever, whatever you're grabbing back up. So over time, you'll realize that uh, or at least before that, uh, before we get to the overtime thing, picking things up with a rounded back may not seem very painful or detrimental, but over time when you start doing it over and over again and you're, you're creating that shear in the vertebrae in your back, I don't want to get too technical, but over time that's going to lead to leaving you more open to injury. And I always hear it, you know, oh, I, I, there was this one time, I know it, if I didn't do that, um, when I, I pick something up, if I didn't do it that one time, I wouldn't have been hurt. But they don't realize that that's probably the 200th time that you've picked something up in that, you know, in that out of, uh, out of ordinary position that you've done that. And that was just the, uh, the, the final straw, the, the one that, the one movement that was going to finally push you over the edge. So the point is to try to teach the opposite is teaching how to brace muscles that we need to stabilize our spine at certain times. And we can do that by teaching someone the barbell deadlift. Uh, also, I've mentioned it in one of my previous episodes that it's actually the best for lat development because your lats are the biggest stabilizer, st stabilizers of your spine and you need them to be active during a good deadlift. So if you want to be able to do it, to do it pain-free and do it... Uh, uh, on a progressive manner, then you got to uh, wor worry about your lats and your lat strength. Also, like I said, for uh, for squat as well, it requires a certain amount of skill and coordination because it isn't just a matter of pick it up or, well, I hear this a lot, 
just pull. It's not a pull workout. People will argue with me all day. You're using all your pull muscles, but how do we instruct to pick something up from the floor? Use your legs. And what do you do with your legs? You push. You can't pull something with your legs. So there's my argument with uh, with barbell deadlift. And I will also point out that a close second or fifth, I should say, is the trap bar deadlift because it, it, it can be done for people who have back pain and you can, they'll experience less of it. So I would, it, it, the reason being is it's closer to your center of gravity as opposed to picking something up in front of you and learning how to bring it into a, a more manageable position. So again, number four, barbell deadlift or trap bar deadlift. And lastly, for number five, I put Romanian deadlift. And that is the hinge motion where we keep the bar close or dumbbells close to us and we send our hips back into a hinge. I put this because we don't focus enough on the posterior chain. Now that is all the muscles on our backside that we can't see. Those are all the muscles that are turned off when we're doing things like what I'm doing right now. When we're sitting down in the car, at work, at home, so we're all locked up. Um, things like that and everyone needs to understand that we need to untrain habits like that when we're sitting down our glutes are off our erectors are almost off or mostly relaxed all this rounding that we do in the back um our hamstrings are inactive so we're just not using those muscles and then we go into the gym and then we try to train things that require those muscles and we wonder why we're in pain or we can't do certain movements or we lack mobility um Here's an answer. We don't focus on the posterior chain. So here's how we do so. Romanian deadlift. Doing so with a barbell, uh, kettlebells, dumbbells. There's tons of variations. And I don't want people to confuse that with just training the hamstrings. Yes, this is training the hamstrings too. But everything on our backside is tense when we're doing something like a Romanian deadlift. And there's very few things that can make us do that. Uh, when it comes to like, uh, I'm sorry, first thing to come to mind, kettlebell swing, uh, banded pull throughs. Uh, I see people do that on the cable machine where the ropes go under their legs and they follow it into a hinge. But those are all things that I would put behind a Romanian deadlift. Notice with the, with this list, there's no machine on it. And even in my top 10, the lifts for upper body or lower body, I wouldn't pick machines. Uh, not that's not to say that they're not useful or helpful, but everyone needs to understand machines were literally made for people with injuries. And then gyms realized, hey, we can just get a, a collection of these and charge people to use them. And over time, you'll notice that machines will start tailoring to the mobility like uh, limitations that most people have, like the hack squat. The, the 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 place where you put your feet is at an incline because they know that people have ankle mo or ankle restrictions or things like so most of the bench machines it puts you at a, a certain angle that probably hurts your shoulder because a lot of people have shoulder impingement or uh, limitation in their shoulder mobility so that's why I put all of these uh, all of these movements that require so much skill because getting good at these requires good mobility, good coordination, and a lot of practice on it. So if you're, do, if you're practicing all those things and you're giving attention to all those things, you're probably going to be closer to being pain-free. And that's what I hope everyone gets from this. 
This isn't to, you know, make you the biggest in the gym or make you the strongest. This is to help you get to uh, whatever, another platform that you haven't been to yet. Maybe the one thing that you're missing is the mobility. Trying these things and getting good at these things is going to help you reach those reach those goals too, if that's your goal. Now, if you want to get good at strength and you've been squatting a lot and you've seemed to overlook uh, things like a glute bridge or a hip thrust, I hope this helps. So... Long story short, if you want a stronger lower body, and make sure you're incorporating glute bridge or hip thrust, barbell squat, split squat, whether that's a barbell on your back or you're holding dumbbells, the barbell deadlift, and the Romanian deadlift.